Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. After a long weekend, a satisfying weekend for the Tennessee Titans, they're getting back to work. In preparation for Sunday's game with the Cincinnati Bengals. Of course, you all remember the Cincinnati Bengals. That's the team that ended the Titans' 2021 season with a stunning victory, last-second victory even, at uh, Nissan Stadium in the the Titans' playoff opener for the uh, second year in a row. The Titans were one and done this time, despite the – a dominating effort from the defensive front, the kind that uh, has produced so many victories lately. But uh, it was a good weekend for the Titans. The Indianapolis Colts lost. The Houston Texans lost again. Not that anybody cares about the Texans at this point. Jacksonville Jaguars were off, so they didn't win. The uh, The Titans comfortably in front now in the, uh, in the AFC South with – Eight games to go. No, seven games to go. Just past a uh, little bit past the halfway point. Um, little uh, little off the field drama though to uh, to create a bit of a distraction, and we will uh, we will get to that and and all things relevant to this team in this edition of Believe in Titans podcast with former Titans cornerback Denard Walker. Denard, good day, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me, David. I just want to say I, you, you, I've been bragging on you. Then you go bring up that playoff game, and now you're just like Davey Hudson. You're on my bad list, so I'm going to try to get through this podcast. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I have to say it, it's, it seems like officially time for me, even, even though, you know, mathematically it's not, but I think officially it's time for me to say that I was wrong in the preseason predictions when I said – that this team, I said nine and eight, if you remember, 
and you uh, you were not happy with me at that day. But I did say I thought nine and eight might be enough to win the division, which it might be. But it looks like the Titans are going to blow past nine and eight now. Well, just go so, ahead and admit you're wrong, David. It's okay. Let it go. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's hardly the first time. I am David Beauclair at AllTitansSI.com, and of course. Also on the panel, as always, John Glennon of AllTitansAtSI.com. John, good day to you, sir. And you as well. All right. Well, let's get the uh, let's get the bad news out of the way first. Let's start with uh, the early Friday morning incident with Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator, after what had to be, you know, his most enjoyable night of the season in a lot of ways on his way home after the team flight. Uh, Get, gets pulled over for speeding, ends up arrested, charged with drunk driving. Um, no, no discipline from the team yet. The the uh, Mike Vrabel has said the league is investigating. It it's starting to feel like the uh, the team maybe will just let the league handle this. And and I'll start with you, Denard. You know, no nobody likes distractions in in whatever form they come during the season particularly when things are going well is this a significant distraction for this team is this a minimal distraction how do you think the locker room looks at this well it's all about the head coach and his position um i I like what coach rabel said i mean you just alluded to about letting the league go ahead and handle this situation i've been a part of a situation before where Coach Fisher said, listen, we're going to allow the league to handle it, and that way it doesn't become a distraction in the locker room. This is a team right now. They're on fire. You got an offensive coordinator in Todd Downing who's on fire. I mean, you're talking about some of the jobs that are getting ready to open up. He will be one of those. I bet you when it's all said and done, the way that he's been running this offense, he will be in heavy consideration for a head coaching job. Yes, it is a distraction, but great teams – know how to work through distractions. If you allow these distractions to dictate the course or dictate what goes on in your locker room, you can start to lose that locker room. And I don't think Mike Vrabel is going to allow that to happen. As a player though, you know, guys are going to be asked about this this week. Does that bother you? Are are guys okay with that for a day or so, as long as it's not kind of every day? How, How do you, how do you think guys will deal with that? It's grown men. You know, it's grown men. I'm I'm sure that Coach Vrabel holds each man and they're accountable for their actions. You talk about this before the beginning of the season, coaches and players. No one is exempt from doing if you do the wrong thing and you get penalized for it. That's on you. So once again, I don't think this is going to be a distraction because if you look in that locker room, it's going to come down to the captains, to Kevin Byers, to Ryan Tannehill. They're the ones who dictate which way this team is going to go, not the offensive coordinator and his actions. John, you know, Todd Downing's had sort of an interesting season. He's gone sort of from a hashtag fire Todd Downing to now a headline Todd Downing arrested. You know, the the, the offense is trending in a good direction right now. As Denard said, there there are there are those who who have sort of pointed to him as a as a head coach candidate. Uh, uh, you know, there were some people who were thinking, okay, this is an excuse for the Titans to fire Todd Downing, and and they'd be happy with that. That I, I assume you think that's not going to happen either. No, I, I I don't think so. You know, I I, I think certainly you know a part of uh, of everyone that would like to see the Titans maybe take you know preemptive action here. You know, instead of saying 
you know, we're we're gonna wait until the till till the league figures everything out and what the league wants to do with things. You know, and certainly the Titans, I'm I'm sure have the option of saying, okay, you know, we could always suspend Todd Downing ourselves until we get to the bottom of this uh, investigation because of the charge that that you know of of DUI against him. And, and as a result, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of an optics problem as as a result of that. You know, you. There's a man who who is charged, not not convicted, charged with uh, with DUI, you know, and and he's still going about his daily business, you know, with with the Titans, uh, and that's that. But you know, I, I, honestly, I think one of the reasons that the Titans probably haven't acted, uh, you know, taken that that preemptive action, is that the Titans themselves may end up being on the hook in this situation. Um, you know, NFL teams are prohibited, uh, you know, from, from serving alcohol, from allowing alcohol on, on team planes, on team buses or, or anything along those lines. And though no one has specifically admitted it at this point, there's certainly the presumption that Todd Downing must have been uh, drinking on the plane, on the on the Titans charter plane. So it might be a little bit difficult for the Titans to say, Hey, look, we're going to discipline one of our employees for this when that employee was in all likelihood drinking on the team plane and potentially with alcohol provided by the team. Potentially, I you know, I don't know that. So it's kind of a delicate situation. But in the meantime, as I say, it's kind of a weird optic situation because you've got a guy charged with DUI going about his daily business. And, and if you wait for it all to transpire, this is something that may not get um, you know, uh, completed until next year. Who, who knows? Yeah, it, it's interesting. It, it feels like the Titans are very much as much under investigation as Todd Downing is, and uh, um, it, it, you know, it, it, and it, and it almost feels like a, you know, a federal government versus a state government sort of issue. If there's a federal statute, federal statutes trump state statutes and uh and, and so todd downing and that you know there there is a league you know there is a league policy on on off the field issues and this sort of thing and uh it's i i i don't believe it says you know like the 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 penalties are as written in stone for a coach or a a high-ranking franchise official say as they are for the players but which is a mistake in my opinion i mean i you know those yeah. rules should clearly spell out you know, if it's going to be if a player is going to be punished this way, it should be the exact same thing for for a coach as well. But anyway. and I think you know, that's the strength of the players' association that they you know they they have addressed all these sorts of things. They're you know that they're, they're they're the rest of the league is not unionized in that way. But uh, but I you know it's it's yeah uh, it, it there's one report out there I saw where he you know when he got pulled over he said he was he was wanting to get home because his family has received death threats, which sort of, you know, sort of puts you in his head a little bit in terms of how much of the public criticism he has heard uh, for, for his play calling it at times this year. It's uh, you know, you, you have to remember this is a, this is a human being, I guess, first and foremost, and, uh, and all human beings make mistakes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think the Titans probably have to wait and see, how they're going to be punished by the league before before anything else happens. And and Denard, I think that brings up an, an important point. You know, you've been on team planes, you've been on team buses. It it sort of feels like and and let's let's be honest, you know, we've seen we've seen Taylor Heineke recently, you, you know, with a with a 
a, a social media post of him drinking on a team plane and whatnot. Is 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 this no alcohol on team planes and buses? Is that more a a don't ask, don't tell kind of policy, or or is it is it pretty? Was it pretty strictly enforced in in your experience? Well, it was strictly enforced. Well, I take that back because when I played. You had some players that will bring beer on the plane, and I don't think we had a no alcohol not, no alcohol policy uh, back when I played with Tennessee. There was a multiple of guys that would have beer after the game, and so I mean you have to use your own discretion. You're a grown man, and you will be treated that way. Um, listen, for Todd Downing, and now that is prohibited. If that's what's in the CBA, is that is that the is that what's going? So if it's prohibited, that's, that's just a league, I, what, that's this, a league this, bylaw. Okay, yeah. if this is a league bylaw. Look at it this way: if he was drinking, uh, from my understanding, don't most coaches sit together on a plane? So that means if all the coaches are in the same vicinity, wouldn't one coach notice that a coach is drinking? And so that's another. What? So my thing about that is, is if coaches, from what I understand, if they sit like whatever part of the plane, then they probably knew what was going on from the beginning. So how are you going to drink on the plane if it's prohibited, prohibited and you got the head coach probably right by you? Yeah, and, and and I mean, the chances that he was drinking alone, assuming he was drinking on the plane, seemed pretty slim too. And not, you know, that's all that's all going to be part of the uh, the league investigation. And, and it was pretty telling, you know, Mike, Mike Vrabel deserves credit he addressed it last Friday. He answered questions. He, I, I don't think he, I don't think he ducked the issue. I don't think he tried to sweep it under the rugs. There were certain things he couldn't say, but, but uh, Chris Harris of channel four TV right here in Nashville asked specifically about alcohol on the planes and whatnot. And, and Mike Vrabel clammed up pretty good at that point, which I thought was, uh, was pretty telling as well. So, uh, um, that this will be a little bit of a cloud hanging over this team until such a point as the league the league does impose discipline or, or some sort of findings of its investigation and and you know as John alluded to I don't know that there's any uh, that there's any timetable for a resolution in this so we will uh, we will just wait along with the Titans and the rest of the world and see how it comes out but we do know that Sunday the Cincinnati Bengals are coming back to town and uh John the Titans are hell bent for revenge, right? <laughs> that is the one word that is apparently illegal uh this week. Thank uh, you. you know. Yeah. Let it go, David. Let it go, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, that that uh, that is the one word that we heard uh, both uh, Coach Vrabel and and uh, at least a few players today say that that this is not about revenge. Uh, this is you know this is another game uh, during the schedule, despite the fact that that Cincinnati uh, you know had a had a crushing a, a heartbreaking win, or if you will, I guess over the Titans last year. This this is this is uh, the revenge word will not be used, and, and I you know I think what Mike Brabel is doing in sending that message out is that he doesn't want uh, you know maybe excess emotion to to play a role in this game. You know the Cincinnati Bengals are a very good team again. They're they're on a pretty good roll themselves. Uh, the Titans are going to have to play well to beat them. So for for the Titans. Um, to be thinking about anything more than their responsibilities for this game, and and you know thinking back to last year, and and uh, you know we we got to do this better, and and maybe there's more heated exchanges on the field because of that. I think 
Mike Vrabel wants to, to get rid of any potential uh, that that might happen. But by the same token, do you, and, and, you know, he went as far as to point out that, that, uh, you know, probably half the team has changed since last year's game against the Bengals. I haven't counted the roster myself. uh, So that's an estimate by him, but, uh, again, some of the main principles we're talking about. Do you, do, does anyone think Ryan Tannehill is going to take the field uh, Sunday not thinking that the Cincinnati Bengals picked him off three times in a playoff game last year and ended their season? You know, is Christian Fulton going to be not thinking about the fact that Jamar Chase beat him on about a 20-yard pass to, to set up that, that game-winning field goal? Uh, you know, or Derrick Henry, that in his first game back, you know, uh, from the from the foot injury, he was pretty average and and only ran for sixty yards. That game is going to be on all the the, the main players' minds uh, going into this uh, um, into this game. So I, I think Vrabel did the right thing and maybe try to keep emotions low. But to say this is just another game uh, in the regular season and nobody's going to be thinking anything more of it, uh, I'm not buying that. Denard, you, you say let it go. Fans are certainly, you know, certainly can't let it go. This is the uh this is the kind of this is the kind of thing they, they live for. Is it easy for players to to not think back to what happened last year or or you know, will guys find something from that game that, that they will use as motivation coming into this week? You will find something to use for motivation, but it will not be revenge. Let me give you an example, David. We played Baltimore in 1999 uh, down in Baltimore, and it was a terrible game. The terrible field, game. The I field was awful. We had to wear these sink, these studs because I don't know if Baltimore watered the field on purpose. I don't know if our coaching staff actually panicked. So Jerry Gray made us wear these uh, these old school cleats, look like what they wore back in the 40s. And when we went on the field, I remember the first play, I think it was Tony Banks threw the ball up right to me. Like I'm about to pick it. Marcus Robertson comes over and just blasts me. Bow. <laughs> then this pat the guy with the receiver. So the receiver on that play, he catches the ball, runs for like an 80 yard touchdown. It was just downhill from there. We just sucked that. I mean, excuse me, we stink that day. And so we come back the next year after we got spanked like that. Go back to Baltimore. The first we played Baltimore, like the first we played them twice. So the first time we played in Baltimore, went down there. Do you think that that play was on my mind? No. What was on my mind was the fact that Tony Banks, after the game, a year prior to that game, comes by and he's talking trash. So that was on my mind. Like, you know what? I'm going to get you. This is not about revenge. It's just I'm going to atone for last year's game and last year's performance. That's the way, guys, they go about their business. They don't make it about revenge. It's the same thing with St. Louis after losing the Super Bowl in 1999. A lot of people don't realize we actually went up, John, to Western Illinois a year after that and scrimmaged St. Louis. Do you think that we went out there thinking, oh, they beat us in the Super Bowl? No, no. We just went out there to ourselves. We were thinking we're going to get better. And we end up playing them in the playoffs. I mean, excuse me, playoff in the preseason game and blew them right off the turf. It's not about revenge, but it's about atoning, atoning for your mistakes last year. So when Ron, he's already got that bad taste out of his mouth, the way that he's been playing. Look at the way he plays Sunday. What a remarkable performance. What players trying to do is build on 
each week. They're trying to build off of what happened last week. They're trying to build, continue to build, continue to evolve. But they're not looking at this game from a revenge standpoint. So, yes, no revenge. It's just, hey, we're going out there taking care of our business Sunday. It's interesting. Of course, everybody recalls the Titans sacked Joe Burrow nine times in that uh in that playoff game and it and it's one of the few times in NFL playoff history that a team has had that many sacks in a game and didn't win and uh you know the Bengals put a lot of time and effort into their in, in improving their offensive line over the off season and and coming into this week Joe Burrow has been sacked 32 times now the only uh, the only quarterback in the league who's been sacked more is Justin Fields uh, at 40 up there in Chicago. So uh, I, you know, I, I think if you're the, uh, if you're the Titans, you're going to go back to that game plan and, and you, and you're going to look at what the, what the Bengals were doing up front because different personnel, you know, is, it, it, it's not going to lead them to drastically alter their blocking scheme. I think, I think they're going to be able to, to try and take or take advantage of a lot of the same things they were able to take advantage of in January. And, and I think you can reasonably go into that game saying, well, if we sack Joe Burrow nine times again in this one, chances are we're going to win. But uh, you know, you, you talk about, you talk about getting better. This team, this is, this is a team like the Titans that was uh, that was and two right out of the gate. And everybody was asking what's wrong with them. What's wrong with them. They have now won six of their last eight. They have scored 30 or more in four of their last five. They are, uh, they are on a good roll. And, and, and as Mike Rabel referenced in his Tuesday press conference, he said, you know, the Bengals are talking about this is the time last year when they got on a roll and they're, they're very much trying to, trying to do the same thing this year. And uh, I think the Titans want to, want to sort of stunt that role. I think the good news, if you're the Titans is, is the Bengals have not won more than two in a row along the way. They've gone two wins and a loss, two wins and a loss. Now they come in here with two wins. So if you're the Titans, you, uh, you want to keep that rhythm going for the Bengals, but uh, you referenced uh, Denard, you referenced Ryan Tannehill, uh, John, I don't think there's any question. Thursday night was Ryan Tannehill's best performance of the season. Maybe, you know, maybe his best performance in the last two years or so. Is this uh, uh, has the has the passing game turned a corner here finally? Is or was that uh, was that just taking advantage of a defense that was a little too focused on Derrick Henry? Uh, I think probably a little bit of both, but I, I do think there there has been a little bit of a corner turned in the, in the passing game. And I think, you know, to me, I think we saw maybe some inklings of it in that game against Denver. Um, you know, Tannehill was, was pretty solid there. Uh, obviously, NWI went for a over 100 yards in that game. Uh, you know, Chico Conquo had, had a big reception in, in that one uh, as, as well. So we started to see some some, you know, little hints. Um, but honestly, you know, I, I do think that, you know, I, I don't see Ryan Tannehill throwing for 330 every game, but I, I do think that they have now a sustainable downfield attack. Uh, and, and I think there's a few reasons for that. I think one, they figured out a way on the offensive line, even though those the, it's not great protection. Um, they figured out a way to, at least on some plays, give him enough time, uh, in the pocket to let wide receivers make moves downfield, to get downfield, maybe double moves, whatever it takes. Not every play, but enough times 
that you can get some completions downfield. Number two, Traylon Burks uh, is back and he's figuring things out now. You know, we saw that last week, seven catches for, for 111 yards, including those two big bombs. He is a guy, I, I think, that even though he's not a speed burner, he's like A.J. Brown. He, there are ways that, that he will get deep, not, not you know, every single play, but enough to be a downfield threat. Uh, and then I think also they're, they're going to get endless opportunities, I still think, to, to get these downfield shots because everybody, when they're, they're playing the Titans, is still saying, stack the box, stop Derrick Henry, that's how, you, that's how you stop the Titans. And it's going to take a lot of big passing games to change anybody's mind in that regard. So in the meantime, if you're the Titans and you're the wide receivers or the tight ends, you're going to get some very favorable matchups. And, and I think what last week showed us is that they're now able to take advantage of more of those matchups than they were earlier in the season. So I, I think it was a, a bit of a turning of the page, a step in the right direction for this passing game. Yeah, Denard Walker, you you have been on the Traylon Burks bandwagon from from day one, and he comes out of that game in Green Bay, seven catches, the most by any Titans player in a game this year, 111 yards, second most by a Titans player in a game this year. The two the two big throws, as John referenced, and it, and it's not like he was running away from the defense. He's making contested catches downfield. How much did you enjoy that performance, and and how much did that performance mean to Ryan Tannehill? going through the remainder of this season or looking ahead to the remainder of this season now. What a phenomenal job by the Rook. I tell you what, that first series, the 44-yard strike when Traylon beat man-to-man coverage, Keyson Nixon, the, the defensive back for Green Bay, you saw Traylon absolutely just leave him. He has deceptive speed. You know, that's the thing about Jerry Rice. When I used to play against Jerry Rice, people talked about coming out of Mississippi Valley State in 1985. He ran a 4.640. How many times, David, when you watch Jerry Rice's highlights, he's like two to three yards ahead of the defender. You yeah. see it all the time. All the you time. Know, that's, yeah. that's what deceptive speed. You can have a, a player who can run a 4.240 and he, he can't create separation. And that's what I loved about Traylon. He used that big body, that six foot three, two hundred and twenty pound frame. You look at the look at the play, the fifty four yard, the, the, 50, the fifty one yarder with about two minutes left in the game. He beat Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander is one of the top cornerbacks in the National Football League. I don't know if Jair relaxed. I don't know if he was exhausted, but you watched Traylon went right past him like he was not even there. And he made some key catches on third down. I mean, he was just phenomenal to watch the rookie. This was his day. And, David, you alluded uh, about a few podcasts ago is that Tennessee, they find a way or they find someone to step up other than Derrick Henry. And when this team played the way that they played uh, Thursday night, as I'm, I, was, I wanted to say Sunday, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be hard to beat because guess what? If you get this kind of production – from your receiving core, your perimeter, it's going to be hard to stack the box. I mean, look at Robert Woods, six catches, what, six receptions, 69 yards. Look at Derrick Henry, the two for 45 in the screen that went 41. Austin Hooper, let's talk about the big man. He showed out. He showed out Sunday, two touchdowns. But in that one touchdown in the stack formation, that skinny post where he split the defenders and took that hit, that was a phenomenal play by Austin and a great throw by Ron. And let's not get, let me not forget about the, I'm going to tell you this, I love this kid. Chigo Conquo is a stud. 
and I was thinking about this when I was watching him. Didn't you not see that catch with the fingertips? I mean, wasn't that a over the shoulder catch? That's yeah. the hardest catch to make. Does he not remind? He reminds me of Vernon Davis, the former Maryland Terpa that played a long time in the league. And John, you and David talked about when Chig was coming out of Maryland, he was a primary blocker, but he looks more like a stud in the receiving game. It's like no one can stop him. Yeah, it, you know, he, the the talk coming out of the draft was that, you know, he's a he's a guy that they could run down the the seam a little bit that he had good speed and they'd be able to take advantage of that, but but they are using they are using that speed in all sorts of ways and in in all sorts of directions and and uh you know you you see that you see that growing buzz and on social media and and Todd Downing was asked about it ahead of the Green Bay game and there's there's this growing sense of you got to get the ball in this guy's hands more and more and more and uh he is, uh, you know, let, I mean, let's let's stop. I, I like the Vernon Davis comparison, and you know, let's stop short of saying he's the next Travis Kelsey or somebody like that. But you can, but you can sort of see that that kind of playmaking ability and and a, a lot to get excited about there. And um, we we should we should talk about Ryan Tannehill just a little bit more in terms of just how good that performance was the other night. 22 completions, which was a season high on 27 attempts, which was not a season high. That's 81.5% completion rate if you're scoring at home, which was a season high. More than 300 yards, 333 to be exact for the first time this season. That was uh, that was an average of 12.3 yards per attempt. You know, 12.3 yards per completion is a good game. 12.3 per attempt is... Uh, is sensational and and John to your point an offensive line without Ben Jones in the middle with Aaron Brewer playing center and Dylan Radens playing at left guard for the first time in his or at least starting at left guard for the first time in his career they uh they protected him well enough that he was only sacked 3 times and he's had uh he's had much worse games than that so uh, uh you know i i think it's obviously unrealistic to say well that's that's what Ryan Tannehill's going to do every game now going forward but it certainly has to give everybody from Mike Vrabel to Todd Downing calling the plays to to the players in the huddle you know the the sense of of confidence that hey we have answers now. We don't have to just keep running Derrick Henry into that brick wall and, and hope that he's going to break through it eventually. And uh, you know, talking talking about injuries, there, there's there is a couple couple little injury notes to to discuss as we uh, as we move towards the finish here. One is uh, Danico Autry is going to be out for probably a couple of weeks, but uh, but Mike Vrabel said the Titans got lucky that his injury wasn't worse, wasn't season-ending. Uh, you know, Danico Autry leads this team in sacks right now, has been a uh, has been a real force in a lot of ways, a, a, a marvelously complimentary piece to uh, to Jeffrey Simmons. And then uh, and then the guy that that Denard would like to talk about every week, if we possibly can, Randy Bullock. You know, they didn't uh, didn't have Bullock for the for the game at Green Bay. Signed Josh Lambeau off the street, and he did he did just fine. Three of four on PATs, didn't kick a field goal. Lambeau has been kicked to the curb. Rookie Caleb Shudak is. Uh, Who's been on the pup list since the since the end of minicamp? Basically, he was hurt in minicamp back in June. Has been cleared to return to practice. He he potentially could be the Titans' kicker 
Sunday. Uh, John, I, I want to ask you the the Danico Autry injury. How uh, how I mean. We, we've seen the Titans do well in a, in a game without Jeffrey Simmons. Any reason to think that that, that not having Danico Autry will be harder for this team to overcome? Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, he's, he's an excellent player, and, and this might be Danico Autry's best season. He's had a lot of good seasons, but this might be the best. You know, there, there's been a big push, you know, among his teammates uh, alone that say, you know, this this should be Danico Autry's Pro Bowl year. He's probably been overlooked in the past. So, uh, as you mentioned, I, I think one of the, the biggest – uh, things to watch is how that impacts Jeffrey Simmons, because as long as you had Danico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons, uh, you, you know, you had to give attention to at least a couple of guys up there um, on the front. Uh, and uh, the, the good news for the Titans is that they have done such a good job of kind of picking up guys, you know, whether it was this off season uh, or even during the season, but they've got some pretty productive defensive linemen uh, that, that are going to be able to step in in the, in the short term you know, Mario Edwards, we've seen really good things from him. Uh, Demarcus Walker, uh, again, has been very productive in, in the time that, that he's played. And the uh, the rookie uh, we, we know as Sam O, uh, uh, Sam O'Quanco, um, I believe is the way he pronounces it. O'Quanyo. O'Quanyo, like I said, yes. You threw, you threw uh, a K um, in there. You're, you're still, you're, you're hung up on Chig right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting my O's mixed up, but you know, he's had some, he's had some good moments too. So it's not like they're, they're falling apart, um, you know, defensively without him. And, you know, I think they may get some good news too. You know, I talked to, to Bud Dupree today in the, in the locker room and he was heading out to practice. He had, he didn't play last game. He's starting to feel better. Says that the hip is feeling better. And a couple other guys that practiced today that didn't play the last game, uh, Amani Hooker uh, and Elijah Molden were both back out there on the on the practice field today. So as as much as losing Autry for a while hurts, you know maybe the the return of some of these guys or the the hopeful return will will help to balance things out defensively. Sam Aquano, of course, also played at the University of Maryland along with Chigo Conquo. So I'm sure Titans coaches and, and Maryland coaches, you know, that must be a nightmare. Aquano, Conquo, and you know, I mean, you never know what you're, what you, who you're hollering at, probably half the time. Denard, uh, regarding Danico Autry, though, what is how how much is his absence going to handcuff Shane Bowen a little bit? Because unlike Jeffrey Simmons, you know, Autry is a guy who moves around to a bunch of different positions. Is, is that going to, to limit some of what Shane Bowen can do with his calls? Or, or do you think, uh, do you think they'll, they'll have, you know, maybe it's Mario Edwards is the guy who can do some of those same sorts of things for them. Yeah. Well, you know, I asked Green Bay on that uh, field goal, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that first field goal when he blocked it. Yeah. And he came right up the middle and a big man has been playing. I mean, he's, he's God, he's getting better. You know, last year I watched him annihilate his old team, the Colts. It seemed like each time they played the Colts, Danico Autry was just, if it wasn't Carson Wentz, you look at the last game, I mean, he was just a man among boys. And, yeah, it, it you know what? The way that Tennessee has been plugging in players, you're talking about like Demarcus Walker, those players that have stepped in in the absence of players like Bud Dupree. And the, to watch players – that they don't get a lot of notoriety. They step in and they play well. It's just Tennessee has this what I call strength in numbers. They seem to get better for what reason? I don't know. But the more players they use, the better they get. 
And if you look at that defensive line, I mean, look, they just, it just seemed like they can just plug guys in. Chris Collinsworth said it best when Kansas City and Tennessee was playing. He said, listen, Tennessee is not one of those flashy teams. They're not a team that you turn on the television set and everybody's talking about them, like the Dallas Cowboys or even the Green Bay Packers. They're one of those teams that they have a lot of role players and they put them in different positions. And what they're able to do is they make plays and that's what they've been doing. So it would be a drop off if you can't go because you can't, you can, we can't replace that kind of production, but what you can do is you can put a player in there that can mimic that. And if he can do that, the the way that they've been able to do it so far, I mean, what last week they was without big Jeffrey Simmons, right? Right. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, it it wasn't a fall off. And that's what you want to see if your defensive line, um, you want to see your, your group continue to grow and evolve and, and plan for one another. And that's what they've been able to do so far. Well, it should be uh, it should be an interesting week. Mike Vrabel did uh, did alter the practice schedule this week. Titans practicing Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, so that players can spend Thanksgiving Day with their family. Uh, it's not the first time he's done this, and uh, it's worked out okay for them. So I think uh, I think the players probably appreciate that, especially after. Uh, after a, a weekend off, then, then to get a day off in the middle of the work week too, I, I would I would imagine players' legs are gonna are gonna feel good. They're gonna be rejuvenated. The the sight of the Bengals on the on the field at Nissan Stadium too, uh, or again, or it's gonna get their it's gonna get their blood pumping a little bit to uh, to some degree. Not about revenge, David. Not no, revenge. No, not, not well. No revenge. We've established that, but atonement. Uh, but it, you know, but it, you know, this is uh this is this is an important game too in terms of uh, uh, playoff positioning a little bit. Not not so much for the Titans because it seems like the Titans are are well on their way to a division title, right? So they're going to be one of the top four seeds. But uh, but there are uh, there are five teams right now in the AFC that are that are seven and three, and another three that are six or no four and three that another that are six and four i mean it is uh it is a log jam in the afc right now and you uh you, you kind of you, you know the best thing for the titans even though they're well in control of the division is is to just keep winning at this point so we will uh we will see what they do with this one and and be back next week to talk about it until then denard walker thanks as always thank you david john glennon thanks as always okay thanks guys and this is uh, this is the Believe in Titans podcast brought to you by Bet Online. We thank you as always for uh, for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.